Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. Right, good morning everyone. It's good to be together. Today it's both of us, as you can tell. So as a lot of you probably have gathered now, over the next two weeks, we just want to share a few things that God has been saying and doing in us about church and what church is and looks like or what Jesus was talking about when he said, use the word church. And we want to take this week and next week to do that a little bit. But obviously it's going to take the rest of our lives to, you know, work all of these things out. But we want to have two Sundays where we really um, want to dig in. This week is a bit more like pictures God has given, scriptures. You maybe have spotted some bookmarks on the table. You may take those. Three different scriptures we're going to go through later. Just like some DNA kind of, Jesus, how do you want us to be church together? All of those things. It's obviously not a complete package, um, um, but um, it's a journey we're on. But um, you can start. Yeah. So we're just going to chip in with each other. So um, we're just going to share our hearts with you. Um, it's not yet about the bookmarks, so you can just uh, keep them there. Kai will share um, about them. But um, yeah, I just wanted to share not just what's on our heart, but what we believe uh, God wants to say, what is on God's heart. Can we just pray? Just feel that we just need to pray. Jesus, we, we are here. And um, you are here. Thank you. Thank you that you want to be with us. You never have forsaken us or rejected us. You want to be with us. Thank you. We open our hearts for you have your way in what we say and what we hear what we want to need to communicate but also just what you want to say to us thank you yeah amen amen, amen. Yeah, so I just felt, can I just stand? I find it a bit funny to sit, but um, I just felt, um, I'll sit down again, I think. Um, for this, this morning, I just wanted to share with you, you know, the Father, our Father has dreams for you and me. You know, we have dreams and uh, we have dreams that we're like, oh, I wish or one day that will happen, one day that whatever but the Father has dreams for you and for me. And he's waiting for us to say, come, come, come and walk with me. Come and walk. Because I want to I wanna fulfill the dream that I have for you. You know, we're never too young or too old to fulfill his dreams. And I just want you to just for a moment... Just think, what is the Father's dream for me? Just listen to Jesus. He's here. He wants to talk to you. Yeah, I don't know if you heard something, but just keep that in your heart. Um, yeah. But 
when we when we're dreaming there's also sometimes a sacrifice that we have to make sometimes we have to give up something in order f- to fulfill um that dream and um but that doesn't mean that in that time when we are not yet fulfilling that dream that we're not being fulfilled or satisfied you know when i was not married and today's our first year anniversary when i was single my dream was to get married but that didn't mean that i wasn't fulfilling god's purpose then when i was single he had me on a journey of that dream being fulfilled and i just really felt for this morning wherever we are in our journey don't feel like oh i need to go and do that or fulfill his dream then because then i feel satisfied now we are most satisfied when we are walking right now in the things that god has for you and for me don't wish the next thing now it doesn't mean that it wasn't easy when i was single it was tricky because it was like jesus i know your dream for me is to get married i know your my dream is to get married but i'm not seeing it yet but i held on to god and i held on and i held on and then now i'm a year married and it's the best but I had to wait and everyone knows i had to wait 10 years 11 years 12 years but he had a dream and you know jesus has a dream for you jesus has a dream for his church jesus has a dream for us as king of faith and that's what what i wanted to to share like he has a dream for us as individual but he has also a dream for us as church as king of faith as king of faith wording but also king of faith horsham king of faith crawley king of faith in thornton he has a dream for us as church and then we go to ephesians 5 um and i just was very struck um by this scripture and it talks jesus well paul talks here uh, about the church what the church is and it's also very related with marriage and with um being uh, husbands and wives so i want to focus on the um, on the church bit it's not marriage counseling this time or marriage prep or whatever we're just going to look at the um the scripture of and and focus on the church Um so Ephesians 5 verse 21 the scriptures should come up yeah So um it says here submit to one another out of reverence for Christ wives submit yourself to your own husbands as you do to the Lord for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church and I want to speak that out over a church Christ is the head of our church it's not us it's not pastor clive it's not anyone christ is the head of the church his body of which he is the savior and i love that we we always think well i'm always thinking jesus you're my savior but he's also the savior of the church not just us individuals but he's the savior of us as church and then um now as a church submits to Christ so also wives should submit to the husbands in everything husbands love your love your wives just as Christ loved the church and then and gave himself up for her 
up, up is Dutch. I just come from Holland, so sometimes my translations or things will be maybe a little bit Dutch still. Um, but um, yeah, so he gave himself up. Jesus gave himself up for her, for the church, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the words and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. You know, and then I look back on the Father's heart. This is what his, his heart is for us, that we are a church that is holy, that we are a church that's pure, that we are a church that's without wrinkle, without spots, that has no stain on its purity. There's no wrinkle in its beauty. There's freshness of life, a freshness of his life. That is his purpose for us as church. You know, Jesus is coming back for his church, isn't he? He's coming back for his church. We are his bride. You know, and again, when, I was, when we got married last year, I was a bride. The church is his bride without blemish without spot and it's like how are we as church how are we walking in step how are we walking in step with the groom who is coming you know how are we as church walking and Kai is now going to share what what it means to be church and now some of this is quite basic but we felt it was good to just refresh us and refresh ourselves um and then we go and chip here here and there yeah maybe you remember what some of you might remember last april um probably the first message that i i felt god give a give us or give me was about DNA. Anyone remember the DNA? And we had a picture on the wall and a few of us work in hospitals and it was all looking very cool and all the difficult words that we tried to pronounce. But um, without going into that too much, we talked about the DNA of every believer, that at the core of your life spiritually, there's faith, there's life, there's hope, because that's the new nature God has given us. And without going into that on a personal level, I think God's taken me or us on a, on a journey with what's the DNA of the church? What's the down-to-earth basics um you know if all the information for a little baby is in those little cells it all comes out of there it doesn't like suddenly get added oh here's an arm here's a leg <laughs> it all comes the information is contained in the dna and then it unfolds so if the dna is healthy so to speak everything else will become healthy and i just you know there are obviously so many things you can then uh, meditate on with that but jesus talks about it if the if the tree is healthy fruit's fine like you recognize them by the fruit. If the, if the tree is good, if, if, you know, if the tree has funny fruit, it's not just the fruit that's funny. It's there's something in the tree that's, there's unease, there's dis-ease, whatever it is. And really, I think it's a journey, not just for us as a church, probably for that church. Like what's our DNA purifying, cleansing our hearts, our DNA. What, what do we do as church? All of those sort of things. But we tried to really, a few months ago, just strip back everything. Okay, if there was a blank sheet of paper and we had no idea what church was, you know, I heard someone once say, if, you were, if you're stranding on an island and you have a Bible and you're going to build a church, what is it going to look like? Well, you have no experience any, of any traditions or anything. Um, 
And it's literally that. It's, been, it's still a journey, I guess, for us, but it's the Bible. It's coming back to what did Jesus say? What, when, when he talked, how did he talk? Who did he have? How did he do relationships? How did he do all those things? And, and I was thinking, okay, Jesus, from all the things that you talked about, you talked about so many things, if there was one or two scriptures, what would be the headline? What would be this was kind of the heart of what you communicated? What, one thing I felt um, Jesus give me, was a um, grey bookmark, if you want to follow along, <laughs> in Matthew 22. And it's a situation where some of the religious leaders are challenging Jesus. They're trying to ask him tricky questions. Um, if you need more there, Andrea, some more bookmarks. Um, they're trying to ask Jesus tricky questions. They're trying to trip him up, actually. But Jesus always has this very wise way of responding that actually makes them think, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So in Matthew 22, 37 to 40, or grey bookmark, um, it says, so the question is, what's the greatest command? And they were all about what the law and interpreting everything. And, and the, this, this teacher of the law says, Jesus, what would you say is the most important thing? And this is Jesus' response. Jesus says, the most important thing, love the Lord your God with all your heart. <sighs> right down to the basics. Out of all the things and their law was full of things to think about this, remember this, don't do this, do this. Jesus says, okay, if there was one thing, it's love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest command. And then he, he adds a little something, which makes it not just personal, but makes you think of others. And he says, the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And I've been pondering on this for months already because everything comes, for me, that's a DNA scripture. It's like so much comes out of that because love the Lord your God. Well, that's, that's a whole life by itself. You know, that's me and God that's wanting to know him. What does it mean to love God? Well, I want to walk in a way that honors him, which, you know, that means this, that means that, that means there are certain things I, I want to give my life to and certain things I don't want to do and all of those things. I want to honor God. I want to fulfill his plan for my life. That's loving God. That's, you know, spending time with him, hearing him, listening to him. If I, uh, you know, loving each other means also to listen. All of this, and I can think about that with God. I say, yeah, God, I want to listen to you. I want to hear what's on your heart. I don't just want to go through religious things. No, I want to know you. You know, that's love the Lord, your God, and then how we live and how we think and how all of that. But then it says, love your neighbor as yourself. So that's really that you are as important as I am. Like, I'm going to honor you, love you the way I talk to you, the way I respect you, you know, but how I spend my time, am I looking out for my neighbor? You know, am, I'm looking out for my brother. Am I happy to have someone else's back? All of these things come out of love God with all your heart, mind. Love your neighbors yourself. So it's like, whoa, there's, it's a DNA kind of scripture. And um, this week is a bit more scripture-based pictures kind of, infusing and next week will be a bit more practical what does that look for us like as a body together but we really felt this first week should really be those those depth things dna scriptures also for us all to meditate on this week and to pray through god how how can i love you with all my heart mind soul how can i love my neighbor god what are you saying about my neighbor well then this famous question who is my neighbor <laughs> you know jesus told a story and then someone said well yeah but yeah i do all these things but who is my neighbor what do you mean and uh, he tells the story of the Good Samaritan, which is also in the daily reading today. And it's, it's the one who walked past. It's the one you come across. It's not just the, my family member abroad. Yeah, he's my neighbor because I'm related. They're abroad and I still want to have a good relationships and I'm going to love them. But actually, 
you're my, you're my neighbor right now because we're here. You know, in the story of the Good Samaritan, maybe you know it or you don't, there's someone on the side of the road who, who's in help, who needs help, who's hurt himself, whatever, and he can't help himself. And these people just walk past. It's like, oh, I can't do that. I can't talk to him. I can't touch him. There's this one guy who actually they shouldn't be talking to one another. And he's like, no, I'm going to take him up, pay for his health, pay for his stay. He was a good neighbor. So it's all of these. It's a DNA scripture. And when it comes to the early church, because you have to think, well, Jesus actually only mentioned the word church a couple of times, and we'll come to that another time. But, but he obviously spent time with these people. And when it comes to the church in the, in the book of Acts, what did they look like? Like from all the things Jesus did, how he spent time with them. And there's another DNA scripture I felt God highlight to me, which is in Acts 2, or black bookmark, if you want. <laughs> which is a bit of a snapshot. You know, you often hear, oh, there were miracles happening in the book of Acts and they prayed for people and this and 3,000 got saved and were baptized. And, and that's all amazing. And I think probably you and me, we have been in so many meetings where we are praying for that, which is good. We always want to pray for people to come to know him and all of that. But what was the DNA of the way they were with one another? How did they live? Like, I don't know about you, but I think some people, and I sometimes like biographies too, but some people read biographies because they want to be like, how did he get where he got? Like, what was his journey? Where was that point? And sometimes it was that teacher that took time for him, or it was that parent that gave up everything. There was always, like, what are the things that made them great, if that makes sense? And this is, I feel like, is one of those DNA scriptures of this is what the church was like. This is what people were like with one another. So in Acts 2.42, it says, they devoted themselves faithfully, steadfastly, and continually to the apostles' teaching, and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. There's a whole DNA scripture again. Everything comes, so much comes out of that. Even the first, for me, the first two, three words, they devoted themselves. For months, I'm already in my head, yeah. They devoted themselves. That's a choice. Sometimes, um, uh, how do I word this well? Sometimes Christians, they just, some Christians just go, to, oh, I like this church, I go a bit there. That's not devotion. Or if you just, I come, I come when I fancy. Or, you know, that's like, that's not a devoted to one another. Um, or, or some people that think, oh, yeah, I, I pray when I need to. And it's God so loves that person, all of that. You know, I think you know my heart, you hear my heart. But I'm like, oh, God, I want to I wanna know how you moved then. And, and if God then says, well, look at those scriptures, then it makes me think. They devoted themselves. There was a personal uh challenge or inspiration or whatever to me as well like am i devoted and obviously i'm mm. journeying on that and i devote myself and here and there but i'm i need need to devote myself to you to love you to you know do do the way to the way god has called me to serve you but each of us right. has a response mm. um to this scripture they devoted themselves um so that's faithfully steadfastly continually so it's not just a one-off and then there are four things Teaching, the apostles teaching the word, um, fellowship, being together, breaking of bread. And some people talk more here about communion, which is celebrating everything Jesus has done for us. Some people like, oh, they shared meals. They were devoted to that. I think both are great. Let's do both. And to pray. There was a devotion to pray. And you can maybe also in your own time, just, just go through those and pray that through for your, in your own heart. Am I, or am I devoted to or how can I devote myself more to? Um, to the word like am I devoted to the word faithfully steadfastly continually and I'm sure if we all take a even a small step of devoting ourselves to the word we will feel that strength rising in the body too 
Um, am I devoted to fellowship, to being with other believers, to share life? You know, that's like, whoa, am I devoted? Not just, it's nice to catch up sometimes, but and for me, that's like, wow, that's a whole, some, a whole other step as well. Like, am I devoted to share my life with you? And often our Western culture can be very isolated. And, you know, that's the culture we live in, all of that. But God's culture is not necessarily like that. <laughs> and what does that look like, God? How can I devote myself to a fellowship with you? Am I devoted to breaking bread? Am I devoted to communion? Am I devoted to sharing meals? Am I sharing meals with people? For me, those things are like, whoa, okay, working this through, praying this through. And we've set ourselves a little challenge, but it was an inspiration. You know, Pastor Clive always talks about, or he did also for this week, you know, maybe on a Friday, just as an encouragement, have people around your house. We're like, right, okay, like, am I devoted? <laughs> so we're on this journey, so don't, it's not going to be that quick, but... Like, yeah, is our home open now that we've moved into a new home? What are, what are the rules? As in, like, what are the values? What are the principles? Can we, in this home, devote ourselves to fellowship, devote ourselves to, fellow, to the breaking of bread? And all of those things, like, right, a bit of a clean sleep. Um, am I devoted to prayer? And I think, obviously, we, we know this too, but God isn't going to say, oh, are you praying enough? That's, that's the thinking of the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, where people were trying to please God. We know Jesus made everything. Um, he he took the, paid the price for us. We are acceptable to God now. But he doesn't tell us to pray to make God feel better. He, he says, devote yourselves to prayer for so many reasons. And this is not a message on prayer, but it's to know God for God to make himself known to us, for this whole heaven on earth thing to actually happen. That's a download happening when we pray. So when God says, devote yourselves to pray, he doesn't mean put a religious thing in your calendar. He actually means make some space for a download, right? Yeah, for encounter, for download, all of those things. So again, in your own time, maybe like, God, what are you saying to me about prayer? Is there something fresh you want to say, something fresh you want to do? Um, next bookmark, are you still with me? <laughs> um, it's quite difficult to try and summarize months of working, but it's really a journey. So when Jesus said, follow me, he never said, come over here and that's it, then you have arrived. It's a continuous journey, isn't it? Um, so we're continuously journeying with him and it's great. So the last bookmark for today, um, blue one, is in Matthew 28. And I think I might have shared this already like half a year ago or something, but sometimes when you... Or even on YouTube, you get these speeches from people like this was their last words. This was the last things they said before whatever, ever. Now, just before Jesus goes back to heaven, these are the things that are written down for us. Oh, more bookmarks. <laughs> Anyone more bookmarks? So in Matthew 28, blue bookmark, Jesus says this, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. I think they were still a bit freaked out. And it actually says they saw him, but some still doubted. You're like, he's just risen. He stands there. How, and you still, so it's okay. Some people doubted, some believed. Everyone's included. But Jesus has these words, and he, he gives a commission. So the first bookmark we've read, it's often called the great command or the greatest command, isn't it? What's the greatest command, Jesus? This one, the blue one, is the great commission. I thought it was quite nice. <laughs> Let's use those two. No, really, like, the great commission. What did Jesus say? What did he send us out to do? You know, with all the things he said, all the things he taught, at the end he says, now go. Go make disciples of all nations. And it's really the sense that 
this is often a tricky scripture for a lot of us because um, we like the gathering but not the going. <laughs> but then we are on this journey too. And I think in one sense, this is a personal response. Like what is your, how are you, you know, grappling with this commission that Jesus gave? Um, but also for us as a church, okay, what does a church look like that loves God and loves one another, but that goes? What is a church, if this is the DNA of how God wants us to be? So we're praying that through and all of that, but just want to encourage you to, to take hold of that for yourselves. It says, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all three, not just one or two, <laughs> teaching them to obey. And I know this is, Andrew really likes this. <laughs> it's about the application. It's about <laughs> what do we do with what we hear, not just hearing more messages. And if we've been in church for, for a while, we've probably heard a lot of things. We hear it again and again. But it's not what we hear. It's what it looks like, what we do. Teach them to obey. So it's not like, oh, it's a good idea to talk about forgiveness. No, it's how can we grapple with this? How can we forgive? How can we see restoration in families? It's really this, there's another level here. And surely I'm with you always. And I think that's the, a great encouragement we can draw from all these scriptures. Jesus is not saying, here's a bit of a notice. <laughs> Enjoy. Let's see how you get on. Actually, he says, no, I'm with you. This is going to be great. Um, I'm with you. I come by my spirit, come to live within you, to walk this out, to become, like Andrea was reading earlier, this radiant church where people are devoted to one another, devoted to prayer, devoted to, to going and making disciples. They're so... All of these things, but I feel like uh, for us as a church, these are three scriptures just to dig in at the moment. And also, um, just one more thing before Andrea does a bit again. It's when Pastor Clive talked about the lordship in the home. Have you remember that before COVID? <laughs> if any of us remember anything from before COVID, it's a long time ago. But one thing he said was that it's not just what happens here. It's what happened in each of our lives because that makes up the church. So, I mean... Very practically, you can see that when, when we have a prayer meeting or something, it's all of us together that make it up. It's not just the person in the front, everyone's participating. No, it's your prayer life and your prayer life and your prayer life. When that comes together, something happens, you know? Mm -hmm. So with all of these things, I think it's not just what we decide to put in the calendar or anything like that. It's our lives, living the word, digging in, grappling with it, saying, thank you, Jesus, you're with me. What does that look like? Yeah, and just um, on that scripture, actually, it's actually your favorite thing, which you didn't share it, about disciples. I left it to you. <laughs> yeah. So what, what is, so just stay on that blue, blue scripture, and um, what is a disciple? We, we googled and we looked in the Hebrew, because, you know, go and make disciples. What does that mean? I want to go, but what is a disciple? And um, and then the thing is here, someone who follows, someone who wants to be like his teacher, someone who wants to be like, uh, who wants to be like that character or wants to be um, that person. And as a disciple, we are a disciple from Jesus. I am Jesus, I am Jesus' disciple. I want to hear from Jesus. And how do I hear from Jesus? It's spending time with him. It's hearing from him. You know, the more I look at Jesus, the more I start to become like Jesus. You know, that, that is being a disciple. But how can we be discipling each other? This is the thing of how can I be 
someone's disciple? How can I, how can I disciple someone as well? So it's two things, to be someone's ex-disciple and to be discipling someone. It's two things. I go and make disciples. Who are you discipling? I don't need an answer, but who, who are you discipling? Who are you saying, hey, I'm going to stick with you? I'm going to stick with you, whatever is going to happen. Who, who are you saying to, hey, you know what, actually, that was not so good. I don't think that's what you should do as a disciple. As, a, as, as you disciple someone, you have the privilege and the challenge to correct, to say, hmm, you know, we are here to challenge one another. We are here to say, you know what, actually, you did great. Well done. That's also what you do when you disciple someone, to believe in someone. I'm here because someone believed in me. You know, I'm here. JD believed in me. Before that, people believed in me. Before England, not a lot of people believed in me. And that's how I started to live. Not happy. Not, I was like, where is my worth? No one believed in me. But as soon as someone believes you, you say, hey, you can do this. Even if it's hard, even if it's tricky, you can do it. Look what happened, you know? And it's yes, Jesus believes in me. Jesus believes in us. But there needs to be people that are saying, hey, I'm going to stick with you. I'm going to believe in you. Whether you fail or do it wrong or do it right, time after time, doesn't matter. who, Who are you discipling? You know, we are a church here, and I don't want to go into practicals because it's very easy to do. Because vision, it's, it's like, no, I want to show you, and I want to help you disciple someone else. So important that we are here for one another. And I can, I can, some of us are discipling, and I can be better in it. And it's quite a word to say, I'm discipling that person. It's just coming alongside someone and saying, even if it's a child, and what we've been really enjoying and liking is in this church, in our church, in our congregation, it's older and the younger. You know, Andrew. You need to hear what JD is saying. Richard, you need to hear from Poppy or Sophie, from the children. Holly, you need to hear from, from Andy. You know, it's one, each other. We are discipling one another. Anthony, I need to hear what you've learned in your life. Barbara, you can teach the younger. You know, like you can tell them what you've learned so that they don't make the same mistake. You know, this, we are here teaching one another saying hey we can we can do this um so yeah that that is that is what i wanted to share because it's funny because it says go make disciples it doesn't say just converts or someone who turns up at a meeting there's makes so you follow jesus and then you help someone else to follow jesus and that person has someone else and that's how multiplication works but what jesus is interested in is that someone really is like, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to know you. So it's, and, and also this is what the picture Andrea just painted. It's not just for this room. It's beyond this room. Because right. I know so many of us are spending time also regularly with people that aren't in this room, but that need help or that maybe they don't really believe, but they do listen. And, you know, all of these things where um, it says, go and make disciples. Go help someone else know Jesus. Um, and then as disciples together, so... I'm following Jesus and you're following Jesus. And then, you know, like today we gather together 
And really one of the phrases God gave us is like a learning community. That's right. We're then here to learn because you're going to go through some things in your life that I might never go through, but you come out with some treasures that I would love to share with you, you know? And also so many of us, and often you probably know this as well, but sometimes there's a need somewhere and someone else has a testimony about it. Someone may have a need and say, oh, I'm believing for this or like a job. And actually here's a job. You know, this is how God helped me. This is, so it's not, again, we know it's not just front to anything. It's us, one another, mm. devoted to make disciples or to be a learning community together. Mm. Yeah, and we just want to, do you want to say something else? Mm, no. Uh, we, we actually <laughs> we actually have a, a question that maybe not around the table because the tables are quite full. So maybe just with your um, neighbor. Um, I don't think the question is actually on no. here. That's fine. You can just uh, do the slide. Um, but how does the Great Commission and how does the Great Command look like at the moment in your life? I know it's a big question, but how does it look like to love one another? Where and then also, how are you? How are we making disciples? How are you being a disciple? Now maybe you can share that with someone next to you. I know there's a lot of family around the table, around each other. But maybe not with your family because that's maybe quite easy. So maybe find someone else who's not your family and um, share those two. Um, well, share those two answers. Um, so. Great command, great commission. How is that being worked out in your life at the yeah. moment? Processing together. Yeah, Learning exactly. Together. Yeah. You are all so very chatty. <laughs> you know when you have like this explosion of talk. Like, wow, very good. Very good. I just want to um, stay where you are. Um, I would like to um, pray this over all of you, over the church. It's a prayer prayer. Um, Paul was um, praying for the Ephesians. This is a prayer for us. Okay? So you can stretch your hand out to the person you've been praying or you can just receive it. Um, but it's Ephesians. And yeah, I'm just going to read it. May he grant you out of the riches of his glory to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power through his spirit in your inner self, indwelling your innermost being and personality, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through your faith. And may you deeply rooted and be securely grounded in love. And you are fully capable of comprehending with all the saints, God's people, the width and length and height and depth of his love, fully experiencing the amazing endless love and that you may come to know practically through personal experience the love of Christ, which far surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with, may be filled up throughout your being to all the fullness of God so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your life, completely filled and flooded with God himself. Amen. And then now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all that we dare ask or think 
infinitely beyond our greatest prayer, hopes or dreams, according to His power that is at work within us. To Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. 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 Amplified version of Ephesians 3. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.